So, so what I'd like to talk about is, um, is Shabbat. And I'd like to remind us of the fact that Shabbat appears many times in the Torah. Many times. But the uh, particular times that we are going to be concerned with are a couple of psukim in Bereshit at the end of Perak Al, the beginning of Perak Bet, which discusses uh, Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat in the Aseret Debrot in the parish of Yitro, which is this week's parasha. That's our specific subject. And also, <coughs> and also, um, the, the, the Shabbat appears in the second Luchot in Dvarim, right in parasha Vat Hanan. In the second Luchot. So if you look, uh, uh, that's how this works. So what does it say in Breshit? What does it say in Breshit? Perik Bet Pasuk Gimel. It says, Vayivarech Elokim et Yom Hashvi'i Vaykadesh Oto, Kivos Shabbat Mikol Belachto Asher Bara Elokim Laasot. This is um, this is one of those psukim where each and every word is understandable, but you end up you don't have a clue about what the pasuk is saying. Right? This is like one of those miracles because the words themselves, vayivarech, to give a bracha, uh, is a word we understand. Vayivarech elokim, you might also understand, but vayivarech usually means to increase, to have more. Right, that's bracha. Bracha is more than you have. Vayivarech alukim et yom ha-shvi'i vayikadeshoto. What could that mean? What is that? Does anybody, could you have a, imagine that you know what that means? Vayivarech vayikadesh. Vayikadesh means to distinguish, to separate something. Like to make it, to make it special, to give it a special standing. Like the Beit HaMikdash is different than Yerushalayim. And Yerushalayim is different than the rest of Eretz Yisrael. That's what it says in the Mishnah. <coughs> so that, Vayavarech Elokim et Yom HaShvi'i Vayikadesh Oto. What is Vayikadesh Oto et Yom HaShvi'i? What does it mean? This is a pasuk that's written at the end of... Uh, at the end of Briat Olam, Perik Aleph of Breshit, Vayivarech Vayikadesh, Kivol Shabbat Mikol Melachto Asher Baralokim Lasol, Kivol Shabbat, third verb, Vayivarech Vayikadesh Shabbat. What does Shabbat mean? I mean, I can understand what, when we say it about ourselves. You keep the Shabbat, or Shabbat means you rested. Neither of those interpretations make much sense when applied to God. I mean, what does that mean? What could it possibly mean? Kivo Shavat Mikol Huh? What does what what it mean that God Shavat Mikol Melachto? What do you mean stopped? Like, like there's a time, there's before and after. No, but Shabbat, it doesn't it mean a kind of certain state, like you're in a state of Shabbat? In this case, it's more ceasing. Ceasing? Ceasing. Mikol melachto. You cease. 
cease from all the work. He just spent six days creating. And so what was he do? What was God doing? Creating. Now. Now what was God doing now? He stops creating. He's not? Okay. I mean, Asher bara lokim la'asot. Asher bara. Okay, bara is the same as the word in the first pasuk, Breshit bara lokim. Now what's bara la'asot? What's bara la'asot? If you wrote that on a composition in the third grade, your teacher would mark it with a red X. What's bara la'asot? It doesn't mean anything. So, you can see that Rashi is going to try very hard to get us out of this dilemma. And this dilemma consists again, it is of Vayavarif Vayikadesh, what does that mean? When it refers to the day, to the day of Shabbat. What does Shabbat mean? And what does Barala Asot mean? There's like all these three, these three problems, which... <coughs> which are certainly uh, are real problems, in my opinion. Look at this. Rashi says, Man, you know what man is? Man is last week's parasha. The parasha of Bishalach. When God introduced B'nai Yisrael to the man and said, this is what you're going to eat. So, Man. So what is Berchobeman? If Berchob means what I said it means. A lot of. There's a lot. So Berchobeman, what does Berchobeman mean? That there was a lot of man. Well, when was there a lot of man? Shekol Yemot HaShavua Hayayoreid Lahem Omer LeGulgolet Again, Gulgolet is a, is a, a skull. Right? Per capita. Per capita. Omer, per capita. That's what came down every single day. Uvashishi, Vashishi, Lechemishne. Wait a second. It was, we all know, on the sixth day there was twice as much man. See, everybody went out and took two Omer for each Gulgolet. So when was the bracha? It appeared. Huh? It appeared on Friday. So the bracha was on the sixth day. But the pasuk says, the pasuk says, So what is Rashi saying? Besides which, what's the bracha? Wait, wait, wait a second, but in terms of the amount, in terms of the amount of the man, there's no bracha, because if God had simply given man every single day, including Shabbat, so you'd end up with the same amount of man. You didn't get more man. I'll say that again. <laughs> if God gives man Omer Legulgolet every day, so that means if not for this trick about Friday, you would have gotten that much man on Friday and that much man on Shabbos. It's a blessing that you don't have to. That you don't have to go and collect it. You don't have to collect it. Okay. To I'm looking for somebody who says that. <laughs> it's an idea. But, but I'm just trying to figure out what Rashi thinks. 
What does Rashi think the bracha is? You get the same thing. You get the same man. Okay, you didn't go out to collect the man, but I don't think that was such a big deal. But maybe, maybe, I don't know. We don't. I just said I gave you an, uh, an, uh, my opinion. As if you have a better idea, other rubber. If, if, if what? No, no, I know Hinami. It's a different meaning. No, we don't know. I just said made a suggestion because you have to have something to it. You can't not have any suggestion, right? So, bracha often means you want more, more than expected or more that you're getting. That's all called bracha. <coughs> but there might be another, another meaning to the word. I admit, you know, words are tricky that way. You know, you ever look at uh, at one of those comprehensive English dictionaries, or uh, you know, they have like endless entries for most words. The words have lots of meanings. There's nothing uh, I, I can't. Uh, I just suggested a meaning, which is probably a correct meaning in some cases, but we don't know if it's the correct meaning in this case. So, if you have some other idea, here, uh, uh, Rabbi Goldschmidt has another idea. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. But let's go on to see if Rashi will help us making this to make this decision. That's what we're trying to do. But I just tried to guess at what the word bracha means. I made a suggestion, but I don't not because it's right, only because I thought you could use a suggestion to start off with, right? Yes, I don't mean right. Okay, so look it's a kitchu biman. Kitsho biman. So now we, we bracha has something to do with the fact that twice as much man was available on Friday and nothing on Shabbat. That's somehow called bercho. But of course that bracha, if it means the excess of man, happened on Friday. And in fact, the, the end was you got the same amount of man. So there's another suggestion that maybe the bracha was that they didn't have to collect it on Shabbat. Extra rest. What? More rest. Who said anything about rest? Yeah, but who, but where does rest? Who says that rest is an issue? No, I'm just saying the word rest. Nobody said that word yet, unless you want to say that the word Shabbat means rest. You could say that, but 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 again, I'm trying to figure out what Rashi thinks is happening, right? I mean, we could like stick in all kinds of nice things that'll make it. Make us feel better, but what did Rashi say? So Rashi goes on and he says, we keep show that the word we keep show, right? Kadesh, Kiddush, special, different. We word keep show, Biman, Shelo Yarad Bo Man Klau. So it sounds like Bracha is about Friday, and Kidsho is about Shabbat, that Shabbat was designated. It was different. It was noticeable somehow that there was no man on Shabbat. Vamikra katuv al shem ha'atid. Now, what pray do those words mean? Vamikra katuv al shem ha'atid. This pasuk. Mikra is pasuk, is about the future. What do you mean it's about the future? When the man will come down. 
Mm-hmm. Which is when? It's Yad Mitzrayim in the parasha of Bishalach, last week's last week parasha. That means that even though the pasuk says Vayivarech Vayikadesh on Shabbat, on the first Shabbat of the creation, along comes along comes Rashi. And what does Rashi say? That this pasuk is not talking about creation. It's talking about man. Literally talking about man. It's not just that man was an expression of Vayivorech, Vayikadesh, that took place <coughs> thousands of years later. But in fact, there was no Vayivorech, Vayikadesh at all until the man came into being. Now that, you have to admit, is a bit of a stretch. Rashi is trying to explain the Pasuk to us. And trying to help me understand what is, be, what is written and what does, what does Rashi say in effect. In effect. Sorry. Rashi in effect says that this Pasuk cannot be explained. It just doesn't make any sense in Breshit. Doesn't. And therefore, it's kind of misplaced. It's here, but it really is talking about there. Now that, you have to admit, is an odd comment. So according to Rashi, there is no pshat for this pasuk in context. It's sort of like saying, it's sort of like saying, there's no Yom Rishon. Let's say Yom Rishon. The Yom Rishon, oh, God created the light. There's no Yom Rishon unless there's somebody to appreciate the light. There's no Yom Sheini unless there's somebody who could appreciate the Ma'orot, the luminaries in heaven. It was God can't make anything in the primeval forest. That's not how it's made in Breshit. Breshit is made for man. So as long as there is a man to appreciate it, so it's made. That's what Briyav means, according to Rashi. I mean, I'm sort of <coughs> taking a stab at it. What about Shabbat? The Vayivarech, Vayikadesh of Shabbat didn't really exist until man could appreciate it. And when was it that man had the ability to appreciate Vayivarech, Vayikadesh? When Hashem gave the man to B'nai Yisrael. <coughs> That's what I think Rashi is saying. That's what, because, because otherwise you'd have to say that something happened on Shabbat that doesn't relate to us. Whatever Vayivarech means, and whatever Vayikadesh means, it exists independent of man slash woman. Right? I'm one of those who admits that women were also created at the time of the creation. So, so uh, uh, again, what is Rashi telling us? Rashi is telling us that creation I mean, this is my understanding. Creation, it's not created 
unless there's somebody there to say it was created. That's what creation means. That someone can point to it. The fact that God can create, that's not important in this story. Everybody understands that God can create. God can do anything. But the creation story is about the creation of man on Friday who appreciated, what did, what did man appreciate? Sunday to Friday. But man was not able to appreciate, was not able to appreciate Shabbat. When was it that man was able to appreciate Shabbat, according to Rashi? Hmm? When the man came into the world. Until that time, we had no way of relating to these things. <coughs> and so in the Aseret Adibrot, which we will learn tomorrow, oh, not tomorrow, Shabbos and Shul, in the Aseret Adibrot, there is a directive for us to keep the Shabbat. We're directed to keep the Shabbat. Now how are we supposed to do that? What is the prerequisite for, for keeping Shabbat? And when did we receive the ability to appreciate at the time that God gave us the obligation of collecting twice as much man on Friday and, and man on Shabbat. So even though we don't really understand what God did on Shabbat, we understand that we can relate to it through the man. Or eventually, the way we keep Shabbat, we prepare everything that we eat on Friday, and we eat it on Friday night and on Shabbat. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Why do we do it that way? Because that's called bracha of Shabbat. So that even though, even though for, it doesn't have anything to do with God. God didn't make cholent. <coughs> right? I guess. No, God didn't make cholent on Friday and eat the cholent on Shabbat. Nevertheless, nevertheless, this idea that we can relate to Shabbat by being doing like the man, that idea is implicit in this Rashi. This idea is implicit in Rashi. I hope that, uh, that I managed to, uh, to make this clear. Now if you look at... at the Tussock... Uh, That all the psukim, uh, I'm sorry, that all the psukim are printed incorrectly. Let me just get a chumash and I will I'll read the psukim. There is a chumash out here, right? I can never understand why. How could shuls have chumashim without Rashi? I mean, how do you live through Kriyasater? But this is a chumash without Rashi. So in, in Shvos, in, in our parasha, 
which is the parish of Yitro. <coughs> oh. uh, Yitro. זכור את יום השבת לקדשו, ששת ימים תעזבות ועשית דקו מלאכתך, ביום השביעי שבת השם אלוקיך לא תעשה כל מלאכתך ובנך ובעיתך ועדך ועבדך וסבמתך וגרך אשר בשעריך, כי ששת ימים עשה השם את השמיים ואת הארץ, את היה וכל אשר פעם, וינח ביום השביעי. That's what it says. That's what you were quoting before. Vayanach vayom ha-shvi'i that somehow menucha came on yom ha-shvi'i. Of course, this is an incomprehensible statement. What does it mean to say that God rested? God doesn't rest. After all, bri'ah, the creation of the world, was just a question of, uh, of thinking about creating the world and the world was created. It wasn't an energy loss on the part of God. It wasn't God got tired. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. If the Pesach says that, Vayanach, Vayom HaShvi'i. So how do we always explain that? That God did it for us. No? Well, the, the, the primary Pesach is that when God created man, He said, Nase Adam B'Tzalmenu Chidmutenu. That's what it says in Breshit about the creation of man. Yes, you got that fixed? Yeah, everybody has their computer in their head fixed on that posuk. Nase Odom Bitsalmenu Kidmutenu. Rashi says Anvitanuto Shelhakodishbohu he. Anvitanuto means the humility of God. Because God consulted with the heavenly hosts about the creation of man. So what does Rashi mean? Does Rashi mean that there's an aspect of God called humility? Is that what Rashi means? And in other times, God is not humble? No. That doesn't make sense to me. He means that created humility by consulting with the heavenly hosts. And why did God create humility? Why? For us. Because humility is what enables man slash woman to achieve the greatest heights. Humility. Moshe Rabbeinu, his epitaph was the most humble of men. Because what was it that generated the humility for Moshe Rabbeinu? What generated that humility? His closeness to God. So if you're close to God, then you can't really be so concerned about where you sit in shul. You know, like, like, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. You can't be so concerned about where you stand in line. You can't be so concerned about who seems to be getting ahead 
or an honor or any of those things. And therefore, the reasonable response to the knowledge that you're standing before God is humility. That's what we see in the Torah. So let's go through it again. That's what the Pesach said, that God consulted. Why did God consult? <coughs> Why did God consult? To create humility. Why did God want to create humility? Because that enables man to achieve his highest, uh, uh, his greatest achievement, like Moshe Rabbeinu. So that when it comes to midot, to these uh, character qualities, they were also created. They were also created. So when it says in the Pasuk that God rested on Shabbat, it's not really a statement about God. Because as a statement about God, it is fairly meaningless. God doesn't rest. God doesn't not rest. Those words don't, don't mean anything. But it says that God created rest on Shabbat. That means that the rest was created for us. And God indicated to us that we shouldn't do on Shabbat a lot of things that we do all week long. And the end of that pasuk, the end of that pasuk, Al came Beirach Hashem at Yom Shabbat, Vayikadshehu. Right? Our pasuk in Breshit said, Vayavarech Vayikadesh. Here it says, Al came Beirach Hashem at Yom Shabbat, Vayikadshehu. And Rashi says that it refers to an event in the past. Again, Yitro. It refers to an event in the past. What's the event in the past? What's the event in the past? The man. The man in the parasha of Bishalach, last week's parasha. So Rashi says, Rashi says, this pasuk is historically and contextually correct. It's in the right place. But the pasuk in Breshit <coughs> is al ha'atid. And what's going to be, what's going to be in the future? So we see that a Baruch Hu wanted us, Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted us to note the Shabbat, to take note of Shabbat, and showed us how to do it. Even though the way that we do it has nothing to do with creation. God said, here's two days of man on Friday, and you're not going to get any man on Shabbos. Just do that. And you will be keeping Shabbat, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with creation. You, you, are you following? It was a week when you cook on Friday and eat on Shabbos. Is that because God cooked on Friday and ate on Shabbos? It's rather because God said, I want you to keep Shabbat. And we said, how are we supposed to keep Shabbat? We can't do what God did. Ah, you can do what God did with the man. And if you do what God did with the man, it will be Vayavarech Vayikadesh. It turns out that the words Vayavarech Vayikadesh are about us, not about God. We are the ones who are the recipient of the knowledge that enables us to Vayavarech and Vayikadesh. And that's why Rashi saw this story of the man 
as being of great significance, as being of great significance in understanding, in understanding Shabbat. Okay. Now we'll learn the, uh, the Ratzodak. There's a, a section here of Ratzodak HaKohen. You know, though, that Ratzodak was a, a Rav in Lublin, a Rebbe in Lublin. And uh, the Mazel, our Mazel was, as I always say, that there were no Hasidim. And this left Ratzodak a lot of time to write. And so that we can all be beneficiaries of his writing, even though at the time there really were not, uh, there weren't many Hasidim. So you know that uh, Ratzodak is the end of the line, not the end, but uh, the, the end of the famous Rebbeim of Ishbitz. And Ishbitz had its own way of looking at things, which we can't go into right now, but you just have to know that these names are connected uh, to each other. Uh, Rav Tzodek came after the Torah's Emes. Torah's Emes. What was his name, the Torah's Eger, as you know, Rabbi Eger's grandfather was the chief misnagid of his generation. No? And so, he was punished by having a grandson who was a Rebbe, a real Rebbe, right? Uh, okay, I don't know how that worked out in heaven. <laughs> But somehow, I guess, I guess it did. So, Leibel Eger was older than the Pritzadik, even though the Pritzadik was, by all estimates, uh, a greater scholar. And he refused to become uh, the Rebbe as long as Leibel Eger was around. So, he became the Rebbe first. And then, uh, uh, then the uh, Ratzodik became the Rebbe of Izbitz in, uh, in Poland. One of the many svarim that he wrote is called Rishisei Laila, which might be uh, translated as uh, you know, thoughts of the night, things that come up. It really uh, contains, it's a book about the Moadim, about the holidays of, uh, of the Jewish people. And he starts off, of course, uh, not to start off, but the first holiday that he discusses it extensively is Shabbat. And in the, in, uh, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of the discussion. We'll try to see if we can make some sense. It's not always so easy because, you know, Ratzadok, he was writing and thinking at the same time. And he didn't always make it easy for us to, to follow this trend of thought. And even though today, uh, I mean, you could see it appears on that, uh, that disc with all the Hebrew books on it. So I guess there are people who are interested in Ratzadok. So I will start from line one. In Yan Vayivarch Vayikadesh the Yom Hashviish Amruch Zal Berchobaman VeKitshobaman. Right. So we know he's talking about the same topic that Rashi has been talking about. That Rashi helped us with. VaMikra Neemar BeMaseh Bereshit VaDayin Lo Hayaman. After all, the pasuk is written in the story of the creation. 
And there was no man in the world as yet. Shadai loya man de ikar habracha vakidusha neemra al itzu moshel yom. So he takes it a step further. What did Rashi say? Rashi says, well, it has to do with the man. And since it has to do with the man, it doesn't belong here in Bereshit. What does Rav Tzadik say? Well, not the opposite. He didn't say, he didn't say Rashi's wrong. He said, but even after Rashi, the Pasuk is written in Masa Bereshit. So it has to mean something in Masa Bereshit as well. It can't just mean something after the man. I mean, why would the Torah write something like that? So he says, it must be meaningful here as well. He says, Itzul HaShoyom, Valkorecha, Tahainuach, that these two things are the same. The Vayavorech Vayikadesh of man, and the Vayavorech Vayikadesh of Shabbos, they're both the same. Hainuach. Vizehu etzem kedushat yom ha-shabbat. Kivo Shabbat. Shehashvita v'haneyacha haba achar gemar ha-malacha hu kishemasig umagia letachlit ha-ratzon shekivein b'mlachto. Now this is the way Hasidim like to talk. And they said, they said, after all, what is God pointing to? That there was an f- end of Mlacha and a beginning of rest, Niyacha. Right? Mlacha, Niyacha. And if you understand that that is also part of creation, then you'll really understand about creation. In other words, it didn't have to be that way. God could have created the world in six days, and then the next day would be Sunday. Right? There's nothing, nothing could prevent God from doing it that way. But God said, no, there's got to be a Shabbat between Friday and Sunday. And if you understand that, Rav Tzodek said, you understand really what the creation is all about. So we're the, sort of the end, towards the end of line four, V'tachlit abriyat ha'olam l'ma'anehu l'kiluso. That the, the purpose of briyat ha'olam is that l'ma'anehu. L'ma'anehu means that the created should recognize the creator. U l'kiluso. What does kiluso mean? Praise. What? Praise. praise God. Correct. What are we praising God about? What are we going to praise God? Not only did God create the world, which is like a thing that runs, it has a motor in it, but God also created Shabbat. Right? And God created Menucha. Line 5. Um, he says, it's a quote from Shochotov, it's a medrash on, on Tehillim, Reish Mizbo Yutet, Mizbo Shil, Yom HaShabbat. You may have heard that uh, medrash, that uh, parak. Kumosha Amrubi Yoma. Kol Masha Barak Kodesh Bochu Beolamo Lo Barai Lechvodo. You remember that? You don't remember that? Do you remember that from your wedding? You don't remember it from your wedding? It's a quote from the Gemara. Shachol Barai Lechvodo. Ah, you were too excited at your wedding. You weren't thinking about it. You weren't listening to the brachas. 
You have to do it over again. Shakol bara lichvodo. What does that mean? What? Right, a Kodesh Baruch Hu. What does it mean? Shakol bara lichvodo. What? No, no. You, you, you make it sound like it's an awards dinner. <laughs> what is that called? Baralich God created the world in order that the world should recognize God. Now, this is a very regular kind of Kabbalistic idea. Right? The first chapter in the Eitzchayim, the first chapter in the Eitzchayim, which is a book written by Chaim Vital about the sayings of the Arizal, says, and why did God create the world? That's a good question. Let's ask it a different way. What was God missing that he had to create the world? Or ask it a different way. What did God get out of creating the world? There's a question. All, all of these questions, this is the eighth Chaim. Answer, whatever the answer is. But one of the answers is, that before the creation of the world, there was no one who could recognize the greatness of God. After the, greatness of, uh, after the creation of the world, the create, creator, creation, the creatures created, recognized the kabod Hashem, recognized the glory of God. And that's how we understand, that's how the Arizal understood Shalakol Baralich no, the humility was created for us. There wasn't the reason for creating the world. But having created the world, God thought that it would be good to give the world a little humility so that we could take advantage of it. But here the question is, why did God create the world? It's a question that takes place before the creation of humility. It's not like kavod and humility are, are opposite. Because when it comes to God, <coughs> it's only what we do. It doesn't affect God. It's not like God is waiting for us to give him honor. That's not the, it's, it's rather that it's an opportunity for us. Right? All these things about, like davening. Davening is, Look, has a pragmatic aspect to it, like you ask God for this or that, but it also has another aspect to it. You stand before God, which is a terrific opportunity, right? It's something, something special. <coughs> okay, let's go on. Madregat kavod miyuchad kufi briat hayom. And he says, Shakol baralich vodo applies to every single day of creation. <coughs> On every day of creation, if you look carefully, you know, Yom Rishon, Yom Shani, you look carefully at the days, you see how great God is. You see the kavod Hashem. You're able to, like, think about this topic. Kavod Hashem doesn't mean that you say, oh, God created the world, that's wonderful. It's not that, but you have to sort of get into it a little bit and try to understand what was special about the creation of the world. Shekinegdam kavu chazal shirei ayom bebeit hamikdash 
ביובר ראשון להשם הארץ ומלואה, השם שקנה והקנה שליט בעולמו. אוקיי, אז מה אנחנו נזכרנו? What have we discovered? <coughs> that Rav Tzodok is unhappy about one aspect of Rashi's commentary. And what aspect is that? What is he unhappy about? Right. It was that Rashi says it goes on the future. So when Rashi says it goes on the future in the parasha of Yitro in our parasha this week, okay, that's fine. But Ratzodik said, Rashi, he doesn't say it, right? He doesn't say this because he has the highest regard for Rashi. But what he's really saying is that Rashi is not getting to the bottom of things. It's true that it's about the man. But what is it, what is it that Vayavarecha Vayikadesh means? That this was part of the creation of the world. We have the opportunity to do bracha. And we have the opportunity to appreciate Kedushah. <coughs> and we have that opportunity given to us with the man. There was, there's the intellectual appreciation and then there's the practical uh, uh, appreciation. The intellectual appreciation is what he says, Yom Rishon, Yom Shedi, If you look carefully, you'll see the Kavod of Hashem in every day's creation. That's what, that's what the, the Ratzadik says. Besides that, besides that, there is this desire on our part to recognize the fact that we see all of that, that we understand, at least some people understand. Like, no one, not everybody has to be like the Arizal. But the Arizal is part of everybody, right? I mean, uh, you know that the Arizal, the Arizal lived in the um, 16th century, right? The 16th century? He died when he was 36, 37, right? That's, to my mind, a very young age. Right, that was 36, 37. He lived in Svat for... What? Two? Two years? I think less. He lived in Svat for a little more than a year. Right? He came from... From Egypt, where he studied with... What? The Radvaz? The Radvaz, and who is his Chavrusa? So that means until he came to, until he came to Tzvat, he was unknown. Right? In a, in, in, in a, a short time in Tzvat, he had an overwhelming influence on all the Jews all over the world. Hasidim and Misnagdim, I mean, not at his day, but eventually. So that not everybody can be the Arizal. But the Arizal is there within us. So even though I may not be able to follow the Arizal exactly and say what the Kovod Hashem is at each day of creation precisely, I am able to sympathize with the Arizal and say, yes, that's what it really was. And that's what the Vayavorech Vayikadesh is. That Shabbat was a day <coughs> to which we can relate. God had to help us. And that's what the man is. The man helped us to relate to Shabbat and to differentiate Shabbat from the other six days of creation, even though Shabbat is also a day of creation. 
What was created on Shabbat? Menucha. Menucha for whom? For the creatures created in the world, just like the Anavan. The humility was created on the first day, or on, I'm sorry, on the sixth day. And it was created for us. Humility was created for us. It wasn't like to tell us that God has humility. It was to tell us that we should have humility. And that's the difference, according to Rav Tzodok, between the parasha in Breshit and the parasha in, uh, in Yitro. And he disagrees with that line in Rashi, which may not be really Rashi. I mean, who knows? <coughs> it's not a Rashi line. Rashi said that this all happened later on and didn't happen now. Who knows? Maybe somebody just put that in as a note. You know, it happened often in the days before printing when you used manuscripts and people wrote in the manuscripts. They wrote things that they thought were right. And very often to print a book, when printing came into the world, you needed an editor to take out all the stuff that was not real, you know, out of the manuscript. So that's about, that's what Shabbat is about. That's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says in Yitro, and that's what uh, Rav Tzodok says, Rishisei Elayla, have a good Shabbos.